0: Amen. I, I want to share something with you this morning, and uh, it's kind of going along the line with what we've been teaching and ministering uh for the last few services on Renewing the Mind. How many knows our mind is important? I mean, you are what you think. I mean, the Bible says that, as a man thinketh, so is he. So, we are what we think, so it's important that we get our mind... Lined up with a word. And let our mind be renewed. God's looking for our mind to be transformed. Changed. And that's what He does. Listen, when you're born again, how many knows when you're born again, you, you you you're saved. You're immediately brought into the presence of God. You're immediately, your spirit man is renewed. It's rejuvenated by the spirit of the living God. And you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. But yet at the same time. There are things that we have to follow as we follow the Lord, because we have been programmed in this world so long that our mind has got to be renewed. That's why in the scriptures throughout the epistles of Paul, when he begins to write to the church, he tells them, you know, be renewed in your mind. Uh, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be changed by the renewing of your mind. Um, we're saved, but I tell you what, our mind tells us otherwise sometimes. Uh, how many's ever got angry and then the, your mind says, "Well, you hypocrite, you, uh, you're, you're not really saved. You, know, you don't really have that love like you're supposed to have." But you know what? When we renew our mind to the Word, we're not going to go by our feelings or our emotions. We're going to go by the Word. The Word declares. Now, if we do, if we do, thank God. Aren't you glad that God has that little word "if" in there? Sometimes, if we do sin. And how many here's ever sinned after you got saved? (laughs) If we do sin, we have an advocate with God the Father through Jesus Christ, the propitiation for our sins, that if we'll confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. That's how simple it is. Amen? How many knows how simple it is to get saved? You have to first just acknowledge that you're an unbeliever, you're, you're a sinner, you're, you're undone, you're not ready to meet the Lord. And we have to acknowledge that in our heart. And then believe, see, the, I call it the ABCs of salvation. Acknowledge who you are, that you need God. And then believe, believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came and became sin for you in order that we might be redeemed and purchased and bought by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? We've got to believe that. But then we've got to go a little bit further. We've got to confess that. We have to say it with our mouth. That's why it's important to get people to say it with their mouth. When they're coming up for salvation, say it with your mouth. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that the blood of Jesus cleanses me. It's important for us to say it with our mouth, because we've got to get all of ourselves involved in this thing. Amen? But even after we're born again, and this is what we've been sharing with you, That there's times that we have to let our mind be transformed and and renewed by the Word of God. Uh, We we can be so, you know, know, we can be trained religiously to where we act like a Christian. (laughs) Because we're trained religiously. But when it comes from the heart, that's where the results are. When it can be done from the heart. And the only way we can have from the heart, get this mind out of the way, get it renewed, get it transformed, and let this same mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen? And we need to realize that as that mind's in us, then we can begin to see God do. But there's some things that we have to do in order to renew our mind. And this morning, what I want to deal with is a very important part of this thing. And it's called, I'll I, I just... I just have a subject title on here, but it's the Holy Spirit and the mind, or the Holy Ghost and the mind. Amen? And the the Holy Spirit's very active in our lives after we get saved. The Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? Look at John 16, verse 13. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. And he said, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you of things to come. The Holy Ghost will teach you. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. He'll instruct you. God, the Holy Spirit is important in our lives. The Holy Spirit's what draws us to the Lord. How many remembers when you first got saved? I mean, you, 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 some of us didn't even have an intention of getting saved. Some of us may have even went to the house of the Lord, and somebody may have invited you to the house of the Lord. But you probably didn't have that intention to give your heart to God. But you see, the Holy Ghost knows how to arrest you and bring you face to face with the King of Kings. I remember, i tell you what, now I had gotten saved when I was younger, but uh, when I got In my teen years, right in the early teen years, in the eighth grade, I began to want to rebel. I I couldn't, I had to force myself to rebel, you know, because I'd been taught to be such a good boy, you know. But I had to force myself to rebel. I, I I never cussed in my life, and I didn't even know how to cuss. And I had to almost listen to words that they were saying, you know, the other kids were saying. And then I'd try to do it, and sometimes it'd come out wrong, you know. And they knew I was a, I was a, a hypocrite. <laughs> I wasn't really a sinner. Amen. But, but you know, I, I couldn't even cuss because of that. But the thing is, I'll never forget I was in rebellion. My daddy always had us come up to the front and worship the Lord at the end of the service, whether there was five or fifteen or three you know (laughs) we'd always come to the front he'd make us boys me and my younger brother the others weren't there they were already grown and out of the house but uh we'd have to go up front and i'll never forget one sunday night we were just sitting there and we were just thumbing through the song books and you know just just keeping ourselves busy not to listen you know and not not get involved in the service and and my little brother was sitting there, and it literally, now this is what happened. I mean, I felt this happen. It, it like a presence came right in that pew where we were, and got my brother and lifted him up on his seat, uh, off his seat, and let they let him out in the aisle and put him up front. I looked up and I saw my brother going down front. I said, "What's got into that boy?" And he's down front and he's just weeping and sobbing and and just crying and and worshiping the Lord. I said, "Wow." Then all of a sudden I felt that same presence just come in and get me and just push me out in the aisle and push me up front. And I was up there. I was rebellious. I, I didn't want to do nothing like that. I used to tell my daddy, I said, I may be up here standing, but I'm sitting down on the inside, you know, because I just didn't want to be. I didn't want to be there. But you know what God did? God got a hold of me up there. And i tell you what, I he broke my hard heart. And, uh, I mean, he crushed it and melted it down, and I was able to, ju- I just started weeping and sobbing, and I, I, I loved my daddy, I hugged him, I loved, hugged everybody, I hugged a pole, I think, that was standing there, you know. I, I just didn't want to leave nobody out, praise God. Because when God transforms you, something happens. But the Holy Ghost was involved in that salvation. See, the Holy Ghost was involved in our, your salvation. It wasn't just something you decided, the Holy Spirit drew you. The Holy Spirit draw, no man can come to the Father except the Spirit draws him. And the Holy Spirit drew us into this place where we are today, where we can worship him and claim him Lord of our life and proclaim him as Lord of our life. And the Holy Ghost has come to be our helper. And this is what the Jesus was talking about uh, when, he, when he comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll lead you. He'll speak the truth. He'll guide you. He'll reveal the truth. And this that's what Paul prayed in Ephesians, the first chapter to the church at Ephesus. He said, I pray that the spirit of understanding and revelation will come unto you, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches uh, of his inheritance in the saints are and who you are in Christ. In other words, what he was saying, he said, I want that revelation to come alive. Listen, we we can get saved and we can have feelings and emotional feelings. Listen, I'm I'm all for emotions, amen. Husbands and wives need to be emotional with each other. I'm not talking about hollering at him because he didn't take the garbage out. I'm talking about emotions of showing affection and love. There there, there needs to be that, and you know what? God wants us to have that same emotional feeling with Him. God wants to show Himself real in our lives. And let the let the but, but see, emotions doesn't get it done. You know, we we can be emotional and still walk out of here without victory. Unless the Holy Spirit has revealed the truths of God to your heart, then you got something to be emotional over and rejoice over. Praise God. I don't want an empty shout, I want to I want to shout because I'm full. <laughs> And, and there's something running over, and, and God's, God's in it. Look, and we read the scripture in all of the lessons, but don't be conformed to this world, he said in Romans 12, 1 and 2, but be transformed, or transfigured, and that word transfigured is the same word as being changed inside out, metamorphosis, you know, God's changing us. And he's changing the, by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, the Holy Spirit of truth, we see the manifestations of the Holy Ghost, but sometimes we don't see the physical Holy Spirit. How many understand what I'm saying? We don't see the physical Holy Spirit, but the manifestations. You know when God's here. You know when God's presence comes into a place. You know when the presence of the Lord is there and the Spirit of God is real and the Spirit of God is there. Now, the devil's also got a lot of counterfeits out there. I don't like counterfeits. Never did like counterfeits. I've been in great big campaign meetings and I've been in big services and, and uh, it looked like everything was going good, but I didn't have this good feeling on the inside. You know, my witness, the, uh, my spirit wasn't bearing witness with the, the character of the person that was up there. And there, there was wrong motivation and wrong motivation involved in it. Listen, anything that takes your eyes off of him and put your eyes on a person is wrong. And I think this is what happens a lot of times. People get their eyes on a person to bring their victory to them rather than the power of God and the Spirit of the Lord. Now, God will use people. Don't get me wrong. God will use people. God will speak to people. God will use, uh, different ones to give a word to somebody. God will use different ones to, to actually have a discerning spirit and, and discern that they need prayer for this and pray the prayer of faith for them. Now, I'm not, I'm, how many understands what I'm saying this morning? But I, but I don't want to have the attention on me. I want the attention on God. It's Him that's going to do it. it, it he's the healer. Amen. And, uh, Revelation is that communication from the Lord. In fact, Jesus, when you know, after he rose from the dead and he ministered to the disciples for a few days there before he left, he told them to go tarry and wait in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. That was the exact words he told them. He said, you go tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. In other words, Jesus was going to tell, he's telling them, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Spirit. Now, somebody said, well, did Jesus receive the Holy Spirit? Yes, he did. When Jesus was 30 years old and he began to appear and reveal himself as the Messiah, as the one that was going to be the supreme sacrifice, he went to where John the Baptist, his cousin, was preaching righteousness and preaching the the message of that day for the people and Prepare the way of the for the way of the Lord because He's coming, (laughs) and one one that's coming after me is mightier than I and His shoe latches. I'm not even worthy to reach over and untie and, and tie for Him. Amen. But Jesus came to Him to the river and said, "John, baptize me, so that we can fulfill all righteousness." It's important. I want to tell you something. The Lord Himself showed us what to do. And John baptized him in the river that day. And the Bible said, now it must have been by immersion. And I, I personally, I believe in immersion for water baptism. Now, some people like sprinkling. That's good. I was in Methodist church one time preaching, and I drank the water that was on the piano. And somebody told me they was having a water baptism well after service. And I said, oh, my. And uh, <laughs> you, you can laugh. I drink their baptismal water <laughs> because they sprinkle; they don't immerse. Amen. Now, <laughs> I, I believe in immersion. I, I believe that we need to go under and come up changed, transformed. Amen. In fact, when you get really get down to it, water baptism. Now, now we're, we're circumcised in the spirit, but water baptism is a um, means of uh, performing something there in faith as you go under. The Bible said in Colossians that we're circumcised. In other words, the flesh man is circumcised. And th- that when, when you come up out of the water, you walk in newness of life. Uh, and I believe that. I, I believe there's a... Sp- Listen, water baptism is not just a ritual. And I, I want to emphasize that more and more. Lifting your hands is not just a ritual. Praising God out loud is not just a ritual. It's not just a religious ritual that we learn to do. Amen. Uh, we, we, we get into ritualism in a lot of things, and there's nothing wrong with doing some of the things that we do, but let's don't get in just a ritual with it. Let's do it from the heart and from the spirit. And when we water-baptize, it's not just a ritual. You're not baptized in the Faith Assembly Church. You're baptized into the body of Christ. Amen. The body of Christ. Listen, we're just a part of the body of Christ. There's many believers out here. There's many believers in Aubrey, Texas. We're not the only Christians. Praise God. We're not the only ones that love God. There's a lot. We saw some of them yesterday at the peanut festival yesterday morning. And we met a pastor and uh, just had the joy of the Lord. I said, well, praise God. You know, we're got to we going to go have coffee and lunch together, you know, and, and just fellowship with one another. Listen, it, it's because we are one in the Lord, but we're not baptized into this church. And you're not baptized into this church by being water bath. You're baptized by following the commandments of the Lord. And as you're doing this, there's a spiritual circumcision taking place. And that there's freedom in the Spirit for you. Praise God. Hallelujah! I've seen people that had habits of the flesh when they were water baptized. They come out of there and they were delivered from cigarettes and everything else that was was harming their body and and keeping them in bondage. And they just when they come up out of it, they why? Because that fleshly thing was circumcised. Praise God! Victory's ours now. Jesus had told the disciples to go and wait till the Holy Ghost came. He, they went into the upper room seeking the Lord. And the Bible says there was men and women. So it's not just for the men only. It's not for just the women only. But men and women. In fact, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was up there. In fact, some of Jesus' brothers were up there. And uh, they were all there waiting. About 120 of them. About 500 heard the command... 500 heard Jesus tell them to go and tarry in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. But only 120 of them made it. Somebody said, what happened to the other 380? I always told them, I said, well, that's where all the other denominations come from. <laughs> Everybody's got their ideas, you know, their their own ideas. That's just a joke, of course. Uh, the the nom- It doesn't matter if you're Baptist, Methodist. Episcopalian, uh, listen, as long as you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus and what he did for you and, and the power of God that's there, I don't care what name tag we got. Listen, we're Christians. The Bible said they were first called Christians in Antioch. Now, what did that word Christian mean? They were Christ-like. They walked like Jesus. They talked like Jesus. They acted like Jesus. They loved like Jesus. They did the works of Jesus. They were Christians in Antioch. They were first called Christians in Antioch. So it's, it wasn't just, uh, there was only one church in the early days. It was the Christian church. Amen? Christians. Believers. And I want to tell you something. There's Christians all over this world. There's Christians in different denominations. I believe that there's Christians in different denominations. I went to a Catholic church in Baltimore, Maryland. And the priest there had received the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he got born again and received the Holy Ghost. And then there was a whole lot of people in his parish there in his in his church that received the Holy Ghost. You know what they did? They had a they had a, a service in the basement. It was a big basement, probably about this size here, nearly. And uh, they, they they filled it up on uh, Friday nights. They just have a Friday night service there. And I got to go preach there several times. And you know what? They just worship God just like we do. Raise their hands and worship the Lord. Didn't get into all this catechism and all this stuff there. You know, they just worship the Lord. They were believers in the Lord. Eventually, he came out of the Catholic Church, and uh, he found him a wife and got married, too. And uh, But, you know, what I'm saying is, there's Christians everywhere, though. Believers. The criteria is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that the blood of Jesus cleanses us. And believe that with all of our heart. Amen? Now, but Jesus told them to tarry there till they were endued with power. In other words, they weren't ready to do his works until they were endued with power. And when they got the power of the Holy Ghost in their life, and the power of the Holy Ghost was evident in their lives, and it was evident because, now, the Bible said they were acting like drunk people. Uh, that's what the Bible says, and uh, they they were accused of being drunk, and they they were many they were marvelous. They said, "This is but the was the ninth hour or whatever it was, early in the morning." It says, "Too early for them to get drunk." Most of them wait till in the evening time and late and just get or in a skunk. But no, they were drunk, but, but it wasn't, these were not drunk with wine as they supposed. As they supposed. This, they were drunk with the power and the wine of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Have you ever got drunk in the Spirit? Now, that's not a mandatory thing that you have to get drunk in the Spirit, but God may make you get drunk in the Spirit just to get a little pride out of you. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I'm not going to act like that. Well, you, we'll see. I've said that before. I'm not going to act like that. I tell you, people were fallen under the power of God one night, and I said, oh dear, I don't want to do that. So I just stood there. Boy, I wasn't going to fall. I wished a thousand times I had it. I staggered from one side of that auditorium to the other like a drunk man, just staggered, almost coming down and coming back up, and finally I fell. So I don't know what's worse. Just go ahead and fall in, or just act like a drunk man and then fall. But what I'm saying is this. <laughs> You know, we, we got to be willing to let the Holy Spirit have His way in our lives. That's not mandatory that everybody acts the same way when they get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Sometimes we say, "Well, the way I got the Holy Ghost was this way," and that, that, that well, that may have worked. That might have been what God told you to do, but it's it's not mandatory. Everybody's not going to receive the Holy Spirit the same way. I've seen some people just receive it so quietly. But yet, their life was filled with power. Amen? I've seen some people get exuberant, and their life was filled with power. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is the power. And this is what God's wanting us to see. Now, we're getting back to the Holy Spirit in the mind for renewing the mind. See, we have to receive the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Ghost in our life in order to allow our minds to be renewed. We 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 can't get revelation without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit peels back the pages and peels it off and skims it off so that you can see underneath and get the revelation of what God is saying. And let it be revealed to our inner man. Let it be revealed to the real person, the one on the inside. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Now, the mind is the battleground. This is where we either win the victory or lose the victory, right up here sometimes. And I'm not talking about mind over matter. Don't, don't get me wrong. Some people think, well, he's talking about getting mind over matter. No, no, it's not mind over matter. You don't sit there and think hard enough that you're not sick and say, well, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. That's not what it is. It's not mind over matter. But yet the battleground is in the mind. We reject or receive in our mind. This is where we reject or re- A mind cannot receive truth. Uh, uh, a mind that cannot receive truth reasons out victory. If we don't... Th- th- listen... The flesh man will override the spirit sometimes, if we allow it to. Because the flesh is going to tell you why you can't. Because usually in the Word of God, the things that God says is usually beyond our imagination or our ability to see anything done. We were talking this morning about loving the unlovely. Loving those that have done us wrong, anybody ever had trouble with that? Oh, I have. We've all had troubles with that. loving those that have spoken evil against you, loving those that are are uh, uh, plotting against you you know i, I listen there's all listen in, in the ministry, you see all kinds of things, but you know what we've got to learn that the mind. Let's cast down imaginations, too. A lot of times imaginations are there. And you're thinking what you're trying to think what somebody else is thinking about you. And they may be thinking on the inside, I wish I could be like him. <laughs> or like her. Amen? But you see, the imaginations are there. And and so that mind becomes that place. And Satan will use interference methods. He'll plant in our mind through the senses. See the the fleshly man walks by the sense knowledge. A spiritual man walks by spiritual knowledge. This is what this is what God does. The the spiritual man walks by the spirit. Fleshly man walks by the flesh. Amen. Now don't shout me down because I'm doing so good now. But he plants in our senses doubt, fear. And rejection. Doubt, fear, and rejection. Did you know rejection is a big thing that hinders people from going forward with God? They feel rejected. Number one, the devil makes them feel like God doesn't love you because you know you 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 just you did this or you did that, or you doubted the other day, and or you let fear grip your heart, or you listen, we're still humans. We're still human beings. We still have fleshly feelings. And sometimes the flesh overrides, and this is why the Lord is saying we got to renew our mind to the Word, so that we don't let the flesh override us, but we can walk in the Spirit, and walk by the Spirit, and walk in the ways of God by in the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. And 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 and, but you know, love (laughs) the the devil. he, He tries everyone. He puts doubt, fear, and rejection in our hearts, in our minds. Doubt, fear, fear. I'm afraid this is going to happen. I'm afraid that's going to happen. I'm afraid I'm not going to do this right. I'm afraid. Yeah, hey, y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever had that kind of fear? I, I'm, I'm afraid that, uh, uh, listen, as long as the devil can keep you saying, I'm afraid. Now, you know where that entered into the earth? After the fall, when Adam and Eve fell, heeded to the lies of the enemy and, and, and rejected the truth of God, yielded to the lie of the enemy, and then they found themselves, wrapping themselves in fig leaves, What were they doing? Hiding, hiding from the presence of God. Because when the Lord came down the cool of the evening, what did he say? Adam, where art thou? Adam, well, the Lord knows everything. He knew where they were. Amen? But Adam was over there, wrapped himself in fig leaves. And the Lord said, where are you, Adam? And Adam, I'm over here, Lord. You know, the confidence was gone. And he said, what are you doing over there. And hiding from me. And Adam said, I was afraid. Before that time, man was not afraid until the fall. Fear entered in in the place of faith. And fear is the opposite of faith. It's false evidence appearing real. F E A R. Fear, false evidence appearing real. Because the devil is a liar. He's the father of all liars. And what we have to do is say, devil, you're a liar, and I'm not going to receive what you're telling me, because I'm going to believe the truth of God. Find some scriptures and find some word in here that lines up with what you need from God. Listen, there's all scriptures for every area of our life. Provisions, health, peace, joy, uh, soundness of mind, all, all of these, you, everything is right here in this Word. And we can find Scriptures relating to every situation that we have and say, Devil, I'm rejecting that lie because I have the truth of God in me. That's what the Holy Ghost does. The Holy Ghost brings that truth. He works in our mind. Amen? And, and the mind, uh, the devil uses interference methods. He blocks. He jams the receiver. <laughs> you, ever, you ever had anything blocked or jammed? He blocks or jams the receiver, how? Through our emotions. Anger, resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness. These things will jam your receiver. And the devil uses these tools. Where does he start with? Right up here. Right up here. This is the gateway to the heart. And the devil works on the mind. And he begins to tell you, That person don't love you. I won't tell you what they said about you. And he'll make sure you hear somebody say what they said about you. And before long, you've got this unforgiveness and this resentment building up on the inside because we've not allowed the Holy Spirit to renew our minds. You know, when somebody comes telling me that somebody said they didn't like me, I don't believe them. Everybody likes me. My wife says, everybody loves you, Brother Clarence. But we, we gotta, we gotta renew our mind to the Word. To the Word of God. He causes the mind to produce actions to obey your emotions. And that, what it is, you, you let your feelings, your feelings are higher than the Word. Amen? How many's ever had to forgive somebody? <laughs> It, that's a hard thing to do? You know why? Because the devil keeps bringing it up. Well, yeah, you're forgiven. But listen, don't, don't you trust them because they'll do it again. Well, they do it again. What do we do? Forgive them again. What did Jesus teach? How many times do I forgive this man, Lord? What do I do if he hits me on the cheek? Jesus says, turn the other cheek. And... I heard one preacher say one time, well, the Lord don't tell you what to do after you turn the other cheek, so you just whip the snot out of him, you know. Well, that's not biblical either. Amen. <laughs> because what did Jesus say right after that? How many times do I forgive him? How many times did he say? Seventy times seven? In one day. How many knows? That's a lot of forgiving in one day. Somebody said, "Well, I got through this day. I only used 397 of them, but then the tomorrow starts, and we got to do it again because God's give us instructions in the Word to forgive." Amen. Now, the the the, the devil, the enemy, can cause you to have an, uh, an unteachable spirit. What's an unteachable? See, an unteachable spirit is not just somebody rejecting the whole counsel of God here, but it's also rejecting any truth that you know that you need help in and you reject that truth and said, I don't need this. I was preaching a series one time in a church and it was along, maybe along some of these lines, you know. I can't remember exactly which series it was, but I was teaching and and uh, one of my ladies come up and she's supposed to be a real spiritual person, you know. And she said, Brother Clarence, she said, you know, uh, you're, you're doing good teaching. She said, you know, she started off good. She said, but you know, I like teaching on healing. Because I was teaching about getting rid of some things in the flesh. You know, unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness. You know, y- 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 Nobody wants to hear that kind of stuff all the time. But you know what? It, it does you good. There's a lot of food I didn't want to eat when I was little. We used to make our little girl, she, she went... To, she went to church, and and she, and she. we made her say scriptures every morning before she went to school. And it worked. God helped her. And somebody said one time, they said, Brother Clarence, I don't think that you have the right to just make your daughter do this and do that. You know, they have a mind of their own. I said, yes, sir. I agree. I said, but let me ask you this. Do you take a bath every day? Well, what's that got to do with Yes, sir, of course I do. Well, do you tell your kids to take a bath every day? Well, well, yeah. I said, you make them take a bath? Well, sometimes we have to make them. I said, well, sometimes you got to make them speak the word. Now, we didn't get violent with her, you know. We didn't spank her. Well, I can't say my wife. She had a little flash water and, you know, she made her say the word. but it's because the devil was overriding and trying to bring her spirit down the little spirit down but you know what guess what overruled the word overruled the Holy Spirit overruled see she has been told she was retarded and she was told that she would not advance towards in kindergarten that she would only be uh, she'd stay in kindergarten for five years you know, before, and if she did go into the other classes, she'd be in special education classes. And, you know what? We just refused to accept it. My wife got all these scriptures. She had a list of 16 scriptures that she had to say every day when she got up out of bed. And I mean, they'd start, I'd still be in bed, and they'd do it in my bedroom, of course, where I was still trying to sleep and get my beauty rest and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, but they, they, they'd start, and, and, my, my, I
1: don't want to say that, mama, I don't,
0: she gets lost. Say it. She'd say it. She had about 16 scriptures. She had to say every day. So Somebody said, I don't believe in causing kids to do that. Well, you made them eat their veggies when they was little, didn't you? Amen? They might have it out over here when you weren't looking, but you still made them do it. But what happened was, the first six weeks, we, went, we, got, we were called in for a counseling session with them, or, or a conference. And uh, and they, she was below grade level. We said, we told you, Mr. Dowerville, she's not ready. I said, that's okay. Just leave her in here. She'll be okay. Well, the next six weeks came, and her grade level was B's and A's. At grade level, not below grade level, but at grade level. And they called another conference. They said, well, she's doing great. I said, yeah. I said, just keep her in here. Third, six weeks, they called us another conference. We went in there. We sat down with them. And they said, you know, she's doing great. What are these words she's saying? I said, what words? She said, I can do something. I said, oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, yeah, that's it. I said, what's Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, who strengthens me. And we, we let her say that every day because it's getting in her spirit, man, and she's gonna become an overcomer. They said, well, it's working, because we'll give her a problem and she can't, she can't do it and she'll get up and she'll say that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And she said she just excels. I said, well, praise God. Well, the next six weeks, they called another conference. It was getting to be a habit. I thought they'd just like me, I guess. Then we went in there and they said, you know those words that your daughter says? I said, uh huh. She said, well, there's other kids that get all discouraged and they can't say these words. They can't do the work and do what they're supposed to do. And Stacey will get up out of her seat and she'll go over there and she will just get them, uh, get them, uh, get, get, uh, rub their shoulders. And say, now say after me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. She said, she'll get them to say that. And Mr. Dalrymple, they excel and they do great. Well, the Word works. How many sees how we got to renew our mind? The devil will make you think you can't do it, and he can cause you to have an unteachable spirit. Amen? We need a teachable spirit, a spirit that soaks up the Word, a spirit that just soaks in the Word, a spirit that that, that is not just having to have fleshly excitement, but also... Inner saturation of the Word and the Spirit of God, and so that we can grow in what God's called us to be. See, the Holy Spirit's important. Can you say amen? Now, the devil wants to keep your mind blinded. Second Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. If our gospel's hid, it's hid to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this world has blinded. The God of this world has blinded the minds who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, whose image of God, should shine into them. See, a blinded mind doesn't see the truth. A blinded mind will remain carnal, it fights God in his truth, and the person literally becomes miserable. How <laughs> many ever got miserable because you were fighting the truth, and you knew it was the truth, and you knew you needed to do what God said to do? Now, you know, we don't have to beat people on the head and say, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do that. No, no. Preach the truth. The truth will bring conviction, and conviction will bring the change. As we begin to begin to understand what the Lord is doing. The carnal mind, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The carnal mind is enmity against God. The Bible said in Romans 8 verses 6 and 8. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The carnal mind is void of any understanding. The carnal mind doesn't understand. The carnal mind is alienated and separated. Listen. I don't want people coming to church and not being able to understand what God is saying. I want them to go out of here understanding something, hearing something that maybe they've never even heard in their spirit part before, and they hear it, and it hits their spirit, and they're receiving something. I'd rather see them get that than anything else. Because, listen, we want to see the man transformed, and the woman transformed, and the children transformed. Amen. But the carnal mind is alienated and separated from the abundant life of God because it doesn't believe. It can't even comprehend what we call baby food scriptures. Now, I don't believe any word, any word in the Bible is baby food. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is not baby food. That's the truth. Amen? And if we got up here every Sunday and said that, it's not baby food. It's the truth. Because just that one scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's not baby food. That's the gospel in a nutshell. <laughs> because God gave Jesus to become the sacrifice, become sin. And take the sickness and take all of the treatment that the devil's tried to put on our bodies and our spirits and our minds and redeemed us by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. So that one scripture, John three sixteen, is not baby food. In fact, it'd do us all good to say it over and over and over and over. For God so loved the world. For God so loved Clarence Down, For God so loved whatever your name is. For God so loved me that he gave his only begotten Son. He loved us so that we might live and have eternal life. Amen. That's the Word. This is what God is saying. So the Holy Spirit has come to teach us. Now, there's something we need to understand when the Holy Spirit's talking. He only talks about Jesus. Jesus is the forefront. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus became sin. Jesus took our sicknesses and our infirmities. He took the stripes on His back for our healing. Jesus is the center point of it all. And so the Holy Ghost is only going to speak of Jesus. He reveals the Word of God concerning Jesus Christ and what He did for us. That's why the message of the cross is the gospel. It's the message of the cross. It's not a Baptist message, a Pentecostal message, or a Methodist message. It's the message of the cross redemption through Jesus Christ. That's our message. Hallelujah. And this is what God's wanting us to see is the Lord Himself ha- has come to deliver us and redeem us. But the Holy Ghost only speaks of Jesus. Look at John 14 26, the comforter, of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. Everybody says he's going to teach me all things. He's not going to leave you out here lopsided. He's going to teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said unto you. He's going to bring everything back to you. God will bring the Scripture back to you. God will bring these things back to you. Listen, how many's ever been in a situation where you needed an answer from God, and all of a sudden God just drops the Scripture in your heart, and it just comes out, and it's for that particular situation that you're in right there. Because that's what the Word does. The Word is life to us. Amen? He causes light and understanding to come. Ephesians one seventeen eighteen. 18, this is what Paul prayed. He prayed that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Colossians 1, 9 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Listen, God wants us to be filled with all knowledge and wisdom and understanding how spiritual understanding. Now, how do we get this understanding? I'm talking about the mind and the Holy Ghost. Amen? The Holy Spirit takes the Word and reveals it to our spirit man. How do we do it? The method. How do we get, the, how do we start doing this? Number one, we search the Word of God. Listen, if you need help from God, search the Word. There's an answer right there. God will give you an answer. God will speak to you. He'll give you a scripture that you can stand on. A scripture for whatever that situation is. Whatever you're facing at that time. Search the word. Search the scriptures. John 5 verse 39 says, Search the scriptures, for in him you have eternal life. Number two, we need to study the word. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if you have a method of study that you do. I don't know if anybody, you know, somebody said, well, I don't have time to study. No, we all have to have time to study. (laughs) We need to take a time to study and get the Word of God. And uh, uh, and I I believe in these devotionals. I, I believe in these little devotionals that are out there that's got good scriptures and good things with them to help you and encourage you. There's nothing wrong with that. I've got several of them in my house. That I, I like to look through on the days, you know, I just get them and take a scripture. But you know what? Nothing takes the place of just getting studying the Word. Take time to study the Word. Find you a place that where you can isolate yourself away from telephones and and television and and uh, anybody wanting to just talk to you. You got to find a place to isolate yourself and study the Word. Study the Word. This this is the Word is our meat. It's our life. It's our bread. It's everything. This is the Word is what we have to have. This is what's going to sustain us is the Word of God. So study the Word. Study the Word. Study to show yourself approved, Paul told Timothy, "Under God a workman who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the Word of truth. Then meditate upon that Word. Blessed is the man, Psalms 1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in this law does he meditate day and night. That word meditate, by the way, when you see that word meditate in the Old Testament there, the Hebrew word is haggah. you got to say it with a little enunciation with it, but it's, it's haggah. Meaning to meditate, you, you mutter to yourself, you speak to yourself out loud. When you meditate. Amen. Listen, you ought to go down the highway sometime, just meditating. Talking to yourself. Encouraging yourself in the Lord. Speaking the scriptures. People drive up beside you. And you're sitting over there talking. They say, who's he talking to? You know, what's he talking to? I, I I was going down the road one day and I wasn't just... Meditating on the Scriptures, I did meditate on the Scriptures during this particular situation. The devil was trying to keep us from going forward financially in a ministry uh, endeavor that we were doing at that time. And uh, it was when I was going over to uh, Africa, my first trip to Africa, and the devil tried every way in the world to stop me from getting there. And I was, I was driving down the road, and I was meditating on the Scriptures, and I come up to a red light, and I was just sitting there banging on the steering wheel. I said, devil, you get your rear end off my money in the name of Jesus. I think that's what I said. But I looked at people, they was looking up and they said, they kind of drove slower when I took off. They didn't want to get up beside me. Because I was angry at the devil. I was speaking to the devil. I was quoting scriptures from the Word of God to the devil. And I got to church that night. We had service that night, and uh, I still didn't have my money, you know. I still didn't have what I needed for that trip. And there was a lady that stood up and pointed her figure and She said, Brother Clarence, God spoke to me today to tell you, the devil's been sitting on your money, but he's being moved. Well, that's what I told the devil to do that day. Get your rear end off my money. Sometimes, you know, the Lord, He's got a little humor, too. Sometimes we've got to get right down to the nitty-gritty with the devil and say, Devil, I ain't putting up with it no more. And you know what happened? The next day, the next day, God began to move supernaturally. And the next day, I had double what I needed to go on that trip with. Hallelujah. Because the devil had been sitting on my money. But you see, because I meditated in the Word, and I had the Word of God to stand on, and we could exercise our faith in that and let God's Word do it. Amen? Paul said, Oh, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. Then he, Peter said, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. The Lord is doing some things in our hearts and lives, but we've got to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. This is our mind. No person has a right to control our mind. There's human beings that try to control people's minds. No person has a right to control our minds. The devil does not have the right to control our thinking and our mind. Why? Because we've been redeemed. Every part of us has been redeemed. Our mind's been redeemed. Our spirit man's been redeemed. Our soul, everything about us is redeemed, purchased, paid for by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, we got the right to say, devil, If he's sitting on your money, get off of it. If he's coming against your body, devil, you're a liar. Listen, listen, we need to get angry enough at the devil to just tell him to get out. we we got to get mad enough at the devil to let him know we're not putting up with his lies no more. Amen? And begin to stand up on what God says. (laughs) Huh. God's interested in our mind. And every one of us this morning, I believe, every one of us have been exposed to the Holy Spirit, to the Holy Ghost. Paul went one place. He said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Their reply was, We haven't even heard there be such a thing as this. And Paul just took up on himself right there to start preaching to him on the Holy Ghost. And laid hands upon them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Peter went to Ananias' household. I mean, uh, Corneas' house. Was it, was it Corneas or Ananias? Ananias. He went to Ananias' household. He went there. The Lord forced him to go. Now, Peter, you have to understand about Peter. Peter was a Jew. I mean, he had Jewish tradition in him, you know. He had racism in him. He didn't want to have nothing to do with the other side of the tracks. And an angel of the Lord came down and set him, had a blanket there with all these unclean animals on it. And he said, rise up and eat. And Peter said in his religious attitude, not me. Those are unclean. The Lord says not to eat of those unclean things. And then the Lord spoke to him, said, Peter, eat. What I've cleansed is cleanse. Hallelujah. And he said, There's going to be some men waiting on you at the door. You follow them and you go with them. And now all of a sudden there was a knock on the door. And they said, Mr. Peter, would you come with us? Something somebody said that you might have something to say to us. And he went down to to Ananias. Was it Ananias? Now Cornelius. Cornelius. Cornelius' household. And went in there. Now, you have to understand, now Peter, and his thinking was, this thing's only for the Jews, and the Jews only, bless the Lord. These were Gentiles. They were considered dogs. And the Lord said, you preach. So Peter began to preach, and the Holy Ghost in him, now he was full of the Holy Ghost, see, God had to bypass his brain. How many know sometimes our brain says, they're not going to receive anything from me today. They're not going to have, you know, they're, they're not going to take anything I got to say. But so God had to bypass Peter's biased brain that was racial prejudice and had to bypass that and preach from the Holy Ghost. And Peter preached the gospel. And while he was yet preaching, while he was yet preaching, the Bible said the Holy Ghost fell and everybody in that place was filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues and the Jewish council, the, the Jerusalem council heard about it, called Peter on the carpet, said, Peter, we've heard you went down to the Gentiles. Peter said, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me explain to you. He said, he told him about the vision. He said, I went. He said, I wasn't going to do anything. I just preached. And he said, while I was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on them. They spoke with tongues just like we did. (laughs) I didn't have nothing to do with it. It just happened. But aren't you glad that God can bypass us? But we also have to be a vessel God can speak through. I've seen people healed that I didn't think would be healed. Because in my mind I thought, well, they're not going to receive. But in their mind, they was ready to receive and miracles took place just like that. Because we, listen, we gotta, we gotta let our minds be renewed. And the Holy Ghost is an instrument. And if we don't have the Holy Ghost, we need to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying you have to act just like I do and act like anybody else does. But let the Holy Ghost have right away in your life. And let Him be the Spirit of truth. And let Him guide you into all truth. And let Him reveal to you the truths of God. And as you allow that to happen, you're going to begin to see yourself enjoying the blessings of God like you never had before. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And you're going to be doing what God's called you to do. And how many knows what that is? To be His disciples. And let the whole world know that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you because we have what you say we have. And we can do what you say we can do. That we possess what you say we possess. And the Holy Ghost power is available in our lives and in our bodies. And we thank you for it. And we praise you for it today. That your word is at working actively in every person's life here this morning. And Father, we just give you glory for it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just keep our heads bowed for just a moment. And uh, if there's anyone here this morning that you you say, I believe we're all saved this morning. I believe we're all redeemed according to the Word. And, you know, the Lord's on our side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Thank God for the Holy Spirit. And I'm not one to say that anybody has to act just like I do. And I may not act just like you do. (laughs) And the other person doesn't have to act like we do. But you know, the thing is, is to believe God. To believe God. And as you believe the Lord and yield yourself and submit yourself to Him, let the Holy Spirit take over our hearts and our minds and our lives. And as we do that, we'll begin to see God's power move in our lives. Because what the Holy Ghost does, it reveals Jesus Christ. It reveals who He is and what He's done. And then we are to walk even as Christ walked. Love as He loved and do the things that He's called us to do.
1: To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus All I ask Is to be like Him All through life's journey
0: Uh, from here to
1: glory All I ask
0: Is to be like Him Could we lift up our hands and make it a praise and a prayer to Him To be like Jesus
1: To be like Jesus All I ask is to be like Him. All through life's journey from earth to glory. All I ask
0: To be like Him. Father, we just thank You this morning as we yield ourselves to You. Lord, we yield our hearts to You. We yield our minds to You. Our bodies to You. Lord, You said be filled with the Spirit. God, we want to be filled, overflowing in our hearts, in our minds, and in our spirit today. Lord, just grant every person here today, those that's watching by Facebook Live, Lord, let a fresh outpouring of Your Holy Spirit be in our hearts and lives. Lord, just cleanse us, refresh us, mold us and make us, Lord, so we can be like You in Jesus' name. Lift your hands one more time and sing it. To be like Jesus. To
1: be like Jesus All I ask Is to be like Him From earth to glory
0: All we ask, Lord, all I ask is to be like you. Oh, just praise Him this morning. Praise Him in your prayer language for just a moment. Just praise Him in your prayer language. (laughs) Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank You for the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank You for the refreshing of the Holy Ghost.
1: Thank You for the revelation knowledge that
0: comes by the Holy Ghost. Lord, we just praise You in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Well, stand to your feet this morning and we want to remember tonight, a special communion service tonight. We want you to come prepared. Let's believe God to just touch us in our bodies, our minds, our situations. And we're going to anoint every person here to just prepare us. And you know, I, I believe in this. I, I believe that we can anoint and believe God to preserve us and keep us. Amen. That all those old germs out there, they have to die when they hit us. (laughs) Because of the power of the Holy Ghost in us. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank You. Let's just praise Him. Brother Kruger, would you dismiss us in prayer this morning?